God, so today our trust is in your power. Our trust is in your ability. Our trust is in your strength. God, we just declare by faith miracles taking place today. And things are shifting today for the better. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, you can go ahead and be seated. Someone a high five. About, actually a little over 10 years ago, um, my wife and I, we celebrated our wedding day, and uh, it was an incredible day. Uh, everything about the wedding was fun. I mean, it was outside of it being like 119 degrees, it was perfect. And uh, the food was good, the party was fun, had some good food. It was like, kind of like a rustic feel. There was some ritzy parts to it. We had some hood elements to it. Went out to the west side, got, found the corn man, brought him to the wedding. You think, you think that's a joke? You've never, you've never, you've never had corn until you've, you've, you've gotten it in the hood. And so uh, it was an incredible wedding and, um, and uh, had a blast. And, and after, after the, the party was over, my wife, my, my, my wife, we were gonna, it was crazy to call her my wife because we'd just been dating and friends for so long. Uh, we were going to be going to this place called Tanaya Lodge. It's a couple hours away from town, but it's a real beautiful place. I, I'd heard, never been there, but I heard about it. So I'm like super, super excited. Again, it's about a two-hour drive. And uh, so we're going to have to cut out early from the party. Not, not that I had anything against leaving early to head to Tanaya Lodge on my wedding night. Uh, but, you know, we, we get in the car and I'm excited. And so they throw our luggage in the back of the truck had all our stuff in there. She's like in her wedding dress. I'm like in my suit still. And, and we're driving and I'm like, I feel like a real man finally. You know, like I've just like, I'm a married man. And, and, and I'm just like, just soaking in the moment. Like what, what, do, what do men do, you know? So I'm driving like a, a 10-2 and you know, I put it on a man radio station. That's, that's the AM, not FM. You, you know, I'm just, whatever, you know, I don't know. And so, I have abrupt stops, so as a responsible driver to keep the passenger from flying out the window, you, you put the hand over them. You, you, you've all done that. Like, ah. and there was no stop sign. She knew I was just trying to cop a feel, but I'm married, so married. And, uh, and as we're, we're trying to get to the highway, I realized that I didn't know where I was at. This was like my first test in being a married man. As a man now, being lost, I have one of two options. I can pull over, I can go through my luggage, I can find my cell phone to ask Siri for directions, or option number two, I can just look at my wife and say, I know exactly where I'm going. And so as a man, I, I picked option number two. And so I, look, I, I know exactly where I'm at, and I really didn't. I was getting desperate. I'm like looking for the North Star. Like I'm doing everything to figure out where I'm at. And finally, I have two options. I can go straight. A lot of two options here. I can go straight or I could turn left. And so I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Be confident. Be confident. So I go with my heart. My heart said go left. Everything about going left looked right, felt right, smelt right. Everything about going left did. So I go left and I commit to it. So now I'm just like smiling and I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll be there in no time. And about 39 minutes later, nothing has changed about our scenery. She's looking at me like, do you know where you're going? I'm like, I know exactly where I'm at. As a matter of fact, there's a sign right up there. It's probably going to say Tanaya Lodge like 30 more miles. 
So as we get closer to the sign, it did not say Tenaya Lodge, 30 more miles. It said Selma, raising capital city of the world. And I know that story sounds crazy, but have you ever really thought about that saying? Just go with your heart. Like, just follow your heart. I mean, it sounds good. Preach is good. Like, if I'm giving advice to somebody, I mean, like, just go with your heart. Just go with your heart. Like, I love movies. My favorite movie is The Sandlot. Babe Ruth, he comes out the closet. Not like that, but he comes out of Benny's closet. And he starts talking to Benny. And before he leaves, he's like, just follow your heart, kid, and you'll never go wrong. Everything went wrong for Benny. He got chased by a dog. He ripped through a movie theater. He knocked over a perfectly good cake, and he got his jersey bit and knocked the man's fence over. But we, 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 we preach this. Just follow your heart. This morning, I want to submit to you what the Bible has to say about this saying. In Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26, it says this, He who trusts confidently in his own heart is a dull, thick-headed fool. Wow. That, that kind of killed that quote pretty quick. But, but there's more. God has more to say about following your heart. Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not in your own. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Wow. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things, and it is extremely sick. Who can understand it fully and know its secret motives? Wow. That killed every motivational speech I wanted to, to, to do. Just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. But the big question is today, if I can't follow my heart, what in the world am I supposed to follow? You see, when Jesus was walking the earth in physical form, it was really easy for everybody because they knew just follow Jesus. Just follow Jesus. And Jesus was guiding people everywhere, trying to get them to Tanai Lodge and not to Selma. He'd encounter people that needed a miracle, they needed a destination. He'd say, hey, go do this, just go, go, go and wash your face out in that body of water and you'll be healed. Hey, you're not catching any fish, just grab your nets, throw them on the other side. Jesus was constantly guiding people so they didn't have to figure out things by themselves. This was incredible. This is why Jesus had so many followers. This is why Jesus was flooded by people Everyone wanted to be around Jesus because he knew how to lead people well. But then Jesus goes to this cross, and he dies, and everybody panics. Like, what are we going to do? Our leader is gone. What are we going to do? Who are we going to follow? So they kind of just started following their hearts, and they started doing things that they felt were right, looked right, sound right, smelled right. But nothing was happening. And then Jesus comes back to life again three days later. It takes a couple of days for people to start recognizing him, but they finally do. And they're loving it. They're spending time with Jesus like, yeah, we get to follow Jesus again. Jesus, what's next? And he's like, what's next is, I got to go. I'm going to heaven. I can, I can only put myself in the shoes of the people. Like, why are you leaving us? 
We need you. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We don't know what we should do about this. What should we do about that? Jesus is like, don't panic. I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm going to provide help for you that's even better than me. In John chapter 14, verse 16 and verse 26, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Say another helper. That he may abide with you forever. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, say Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. Jesus is leaving. He's like, guys, don't panic. Don't worry about going left or going straight or going right. The Holy Spirit is going to help you. The title of my message today is, Who is Holy Spirit? Who is Holy Spirit? And I titled it like this on purpose because my initial title was, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is Holy Spirit just kind of sounds a little weird. But who is the Holy Spirit sounds a little bit better. But I realized in that moment that when it came to the Holy Spirit, like I'm good with God, I'm good with Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is kind of more of like an adjective. He's not really like a noun. Why I'm using these analogies, I don't know. I barely passed English, but let me break it down for you. An adjective is something that you add to a noun to modify it or to describe it. Like, if your friend Chris is fast, that's fast Chris. And I think a lot of times we think the Holy Spirit is just an attribute of God when he is a being and a person that is with you right here, right now. He is your helper. God is in heaven, Jesus is in heaven, and the Holy Spirit is with you now. Who is Holy Spirit? You may be thinking, where can I find Holy Spirit? Where, 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 where does the Holy Spirit hang out at? Like, if I'm looking for some help today, where is Mr. Holy Spirit? In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says this, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Who is in you? Where's Holy Spirit? He is in you. As a born-again believer, Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. As a born-again believer, someone who's put their faith in Jesus Christ, we say, you're saved. Your spirit man has come alive. The Holy Spirit moves inside of you. When you go to the grocery store, Holy Spirit's there. When you're driving your kids to class, Holy Spirit's there. When you're going to work, Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit lives in you. He's with you. So what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? What's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Jesus says he's your helper. And the reality is, is the Holy Spirit can help you in so many ways. It would take us months to break down all the incredible ways the Holy Spirit can help you. But I want to emphasize on one specific way that he could provide help. In John chapter 16, verse 13, it says this, However... When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Why is that important? Because my truth is not always true. 
But the Holy Spirit knows all truth. I started thinking, why is this point so significant? Why is this huge? Especially today in the season that we're in, during the summer. A few months ago, Pastor Randy released a word into this house that he believes that God is saying summer shift, that things are shifting for the better. And you would be shocked at the stories I've already heard in things shifting. Situations that people thought were impossible have already shifted. God is looking to do miracles in your life this summer that would blow your mind. Things that you thought would take you years to accomplish, God can do it in a moment. A summer shift. A summer shift is taking place, but I learned something about the summer shift. The summer shift has more to do with you than your miracle. I'm going to say it again. The summer shift has more to do with you shifting than your miracle shifting because until you move, your miracle doesn't move. So what God is looking to do in your life to give you the results that you want is he's trying to get you to shift. But if your shifting is motivated and influenced by your feelings, if your shifting is motivated by the culture, if your shifting is motivated by fear, you might be making a left when you should be going straight. And if I'm not shifting in God's direction, I may be missing out on the summer shift I'm hoping to hear. So why is this huge? Why is Holy Spirit huge? Because he leads me into all truth. And he's going to shift you in the right direction. He's going to lead you not in the direction of your emotions, but in the direction that is profitable, in a direction that will lead to great success. It's Holy Spirit. He's going to lead you into all truth. You got to make some big decisions. Your emotions are saying one thing, but the Holy Spirit might say something else because he knows things that you don't know. I don't want anybody to miss out on what God is looking to do in their life because it's just a little move, but it's a move that can change everything. You know, I began thinking about the Holy Spirit because for some of us, we can think, man, it's just like a really complicated subject. How, how, how do I know how do I have a relationship with Holy Spirit? How do I know if he's leading me? How do I know like what to do? And I just wanted to give some practical things that I believe can help you on your journey of getting to know Holy Spirit better. Because you're not gonna figure it all out today. You're not gonna go home thinking, oh my goodness, I just, God talks to me and I know exactly. It's, you're going to learn what Holy Spirit sounds, what he doesn't sound like. You're going to probably make some mistakes, and you're probably going to see some miracles. But you have to learn how to develop this relationship with Holy Spirit because he's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to lead you into success. I began thinking about just some practical things that have helped me uh, in my relationship, uh, not just with God, not just with Jesus, but with Holy Spirit. And one of the first steps that I've had to embrace is this. You must want his help. You must want his help. I know that sounds like really simple. And if I asked you, raise your hand if you want Holy Spirit's help. Online, raise your hand if you want to be led into all truth. We would all raise our hands. We, we would all absolutely do that. But there's something important that I think we have to understand that just wanting his help doesn't mean you have access to his help. Can you guys throw up that next slide? Just because I raise my hand does not mean that I get his help. This is what I believe. If you want the Holy Spirit's help, and I want to break this down, you're going to have to develop a neutral posture. You're going to have to develop a neutral posture. 
If you want the Holy Spirit to lead you, you're going to have to develop a neutral posture. So you need to make some decisions in your business, in your marriage, with your kids, where they're going to go to school. If you want the Holy Spirit's help, you're going to have to develop a neutral posture. What does that mean? That means that you have to be ready to get the answer that you were not hoping for. The Holy Spirit's not looking to control you. He's not looking to mess anything up. He's not looking to force anything on you. He's looking to partner with you. But he needs room at your table. And if your posture is not neutral, he's not going to go up and slam the table and say, no, don't do that. Go left. He's not going to do that. Playing basketball, there was two groups of people. You had team players, and then you had ball hogs. Nobody wanted to play with the ball hog. Why? Because the ball hog already had his mind made up before he, he already had his mind made up. When the ball comes in, he knows what he's going to do. And one of the reasons why we don't get participation from the Holy Spirit is because we pray like, God, help me. But deep down, we already know what we want and what we're going to do. We pray and sprinkle a little bit of spiritualness on top of our prayer. But deep down, we already know we're going to go for the job. We already know we're going to make the move. We already know we're going to pursue. It's, 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 you got to want his help. This is easy. But saying, Holy Spirit, if that's not the right relationship for me, I'm with you. I mean, it's hard. He, he's so handsome. He has to be the one. Like, God, it has to be him. It, it is him, God. I know, but I'm open, but I know it's, it's him. And deep down, you already know. You know your mind has been made up. And as long as your mind is made up, you don't get Holy Spirit help. Learn to develop a neutral posture when you're praying when you're making big decisions, when you're making small decisions. And I believe it's one of the easiest ways to initiate the help from Holy Spirit. The second thing that I think is going to help you today, it's helped me, uh, because, you know, your thoughts get involved. Like, was that God or was that not God or was that this or was that? And, you know, it's a learning process. And again, I'm just giving you some practical things that I believe can help. But the second thing is this, pertaining to Holy Spirit, like when he's leading you. Like, how do I know it's the Holy Spirit, and how do I know it's not just me and my desires? Is this, the Holy Spirit follows order. The Holy Spirit follows, he follows order. In John chapter 15, verse 26, it says, He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. He's going to follow order. He's not just going to tell you a bunch of random things. It's going to be in order. Uh, my kids, they're, they're all unique in their own way. My oldest daughter, Kova, like she's, man, she's super like on top of things. She, she's intelligent in so many different ways and she's honest all the time. My other daughter sitting here in the front row, she should be in class with Miss Weasel over here. What are you doing sitting up here on the front row, Salem? She's kind of like, she's kind of like Kova. Sometimes she'll stretch the, the truth every now and then, but I love her. But my littlest daughter, Harlow, that should also be in class in the city right there, she'll lie and not even budge. She'll make things up and not even budge. So the other day, we're getting ready for dinner. Harlow comes in. Mom said I could have one of those cookies. Well, because I understand that mom operates in order, mom's not going to say you could have a cookie before dinner. So... You have to understand the Holy Spirit follows order. 
He's not going to call you to be an Uber Eats driver today if you don't have a driver's license. That's not him. Maybe you see somebody sitting next to you and you're like, oh my goodness, they're so beautiful. That's the one. That's the one. God, that, wait, I think God just said, let me write, God, that is the one. I'm going to marry her. Oh my God, let me text all my friends. I just, I just, just seen my wife. She don't know that yet, but I know God just told me. And then her husband walks up. And now you're debating. Is it God? It's not God. Why? Because... Holy Spirit follows order. God is not going to lead you to leave your current business to go across the street and start the same business and call the employees from the previous business to come work. God's not going to say, Holy Spirit, go tell him that. Because he follows order. The law of love. Holy Spirit follows order. As you're trying to learn, figuring out Holy Spirit, understand that he follows order. Before you make the move, is there order to that move? He follows order. And the greatest way to identify where order comes from is your Bible. Jesus said he's going to testify of me. Jesus is a representation of the word. He's a representation of your Bible. If it doesn't line up with the Bible, it's not in order and Holy Spirit probably isn't leading you in that direction. And please understand this, because I live in this world just like you do. Culture does not define order. Culture does not define order. I don't care what laws passed. If it doesn't define order, I don't have a choice. I don't care what they say at school is acceptable. If it doesn't follow this, it, I don't have a choice. God's not leading me. No, I, but I think a lot of times, and listen to me, I'm not up here acting like I'm perfect. I'm probably more dysfunctional than most of you guys. But I do not take order and manipulate it to fit my dysfunction just to appease myself. For me... Mr. Dysfunctional, I call my dysfunction for what it is. I don't go take real order and say, well, this is kind of the motive and now this is, no. Holy Spirit's not leading, in, leading you into anything that is not in order. That is not in order. Band, you guys can come help me wrap this up. He's a God of order. He's a God of order. Holy Spirit, I need your help. You have my heart if you say yes, and you have my heart if you say no. I have a posture of just being neutral. Holy Spirit, how do I know it's you? How do I know it's you and not just my feelings? Does it follow order? And the third thing that I think is helpful today, just pertaining to your relationship, getting to know Holy Spirit, is this. Pertaining to how he connects with you. He will speak to your spirit, not your head. The Holy Spirit, when he's trying to get attention, he'll speak to your spirit and not to your head. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16, it says this, for, the, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. His spirit joins with, with our spirit. When, when, when you... 
we're born again, when you made a decision to follow Christ, your, 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 your physical body, nothing about it changed. But your spirit man that lives deep down inside of you, that became brand new. It was awakened. And when the Holy Spirit is going to make a phone call to you, he's not going to talk to your head. He's going to talk to your spirit. This is why there's things that will come alive inside of you and your head tries to talk you out of it. But you're still so compelled. Like, I just don't know and I just don't know, but I, I have it right here and I just don't know, but it's like right here. When the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, he's going to talk to your spirit. He's not going to talk to your head. And this is where I've seen so many incredible people that I believe we're going to do incredible things. That God came and he spoke to their, their spirit, but then their head talked them out of it. And it's, it's a little crazy sometimes because it's, it's, it's easier said than done. But when God is going to connect with you, it's not always going to make sense right here. It's not always going to make sense right here. And if you leave that place, you probably have about three seconds to decide what you're going to do because if you give room for your head, it will always talk you out of it. Like God's like, I want you to start that business, but your head's like, but we're in the middle of a recession. Why would I do that? God's leading some of you. I want you to purchase that home. I know, but home prices are dropping. Why would I do it? it doesn't, but why is it so, why is it here? Never be afraid to follow your spirit because when the Holy Spirit is getting a hold, he's going to talk to you right here. I've seen so many people when they feel like God's leading them to do something and most of the time, the shifts that God's asking you to do, like they, they're, they're always like really simple but they sound really foolish. It messes with the human intellect. Like, it doesn't make any sense, God. Why would you say to do that? But he's leading you into all truth. I've talked to some people, and they take what God has put on the inside of them, and then they go share it with other people. And they're like, hey, what do you think about this? I feel like God's leading me to start a business. You have to understand that when they give you their advice, it's going to come from their head, not their spirit, because God didn't. So when you go tell them, God's call, starting me to call a business, right? They're going to say, you're crazy. You're an idiot. And then you're going to go knock on another door. Hey, what do you think? God is telling me that I should give this to the church. You're an idiot. Why would you do that? You can't blame them. They're talking from here. God didn't put it in their spirit. And it's in those moments you're going to have to make a decision for yourself. What is going to lead me? What is going to lead me? I think about the moments in my personal life where God, where I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me in a direction. Some were like big moments. Some were not so big, but then I realized, wow, that was like a big moment. And I think about all those different scenarios where I felt like God's leading me left. And I, and I asked myself, Andrew, if you took what you believe God was telling you in those moments, and you took that information to 10 people, I realized that nine out of 10 people would have talked me out of the move. Nine out of 10 people would have talked me out of the move. You're gonna have to own it for yourself. You're gonna have to own it for yourself because when I felt called to be like a pastor, to be in ministry, in that scenario, 10 out of 10 people said no. They said, you're crazy. And I'm like, I know I'm crying. I think I'm crazy too, but I just can't, I can't get rid of it. It's like right here. It's right here. 
We'll explain it in words. I can't explain it in words because it's not in my head. It's, it's in my spirit and it's right here. And I had to make some, some bold decisions. Am I going to be led by this guy or am I going to be led by this guy? But as I was learning to be led by this guy, he started leading me into all truth and I started to see things shift and I started to see things produce and I started to see things work. You know, this journey of getting to learn the Holy Spirit is incredible because there's sometimes when the Holy Spirit will say no and it's not that there's anything wrong with what you're wanting to do, it's just not the right time for it. And, and this is where the, the enemy can mess with you. I think about Paul in Acts chapter, I believe, 16. Paul was going to go preach in this specific, specific area, the province of Asia. Like, that sounds like a good idea, right? Like, go preach, Paul. Like, surely God's on board with that. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit would not permit Paul to go into that province. If I'm Paul, I'm probably a little confused. Like, that must not be Holy Spirit. And Paul had a decision to make. Do I go with this guy or do I go with this guy? You see, the Holy Spirit knew there was nothing, with, nothing wrong with what Paul was trying to do. It just was not the right time for those people to hear that message. There's going to be things that God is leading you. He might reveal it to you today, but it may not be the right time. And you have to, you have to be cautious that you don't pay more attention to your head than you do your spirit. I know this sounds so silly, but it works. Months ago, I remember coming to church. My daughter brought her dog to church. And uh, it's like a little Pomeranian. We had just bought it. And the dog got parvo. And we didn't know it had parvo. We just, just at her house. And just like dogs like just dying. Brings it to church. And I'm like, wow, this dog <laughs> looks dead. Like I was going to go dig a hole somewhere and bury the dog. And I'm like a grown adult. I'm, you know, I understand not, you know, not animals aren't going to live forever here. And I can get that. But my daughter was like heartbroken. And I remember my wife took the dog to the vet with her mom. And I took my daughter to a photo shoot that we had to be at for her dance. And, and I remember while we were there, my wife texted me and said, hey, the vet wants us to put the dog down. You know, either that or we could spend like thousands of dollars on some surgery that probably is not going to work. They'll put the dog down. Around that time, my, my kid came up to me. She said, Dad, is Prince going to die? And I'm like, oh, it's a stinger. You know, and I'm like, oh, it's all going to be good. It's going to be good. We go home and they put Prince in our closet. It's like a fairly large closet, so he's just in there. And, and I'm downstairs frustrated. And I'm like, hey, what am I going to do? The godly thing to do, right? Like, my head's like, Andrew, go pray for the dog. Like, that's what, go pray. Go call 10 people. They would say, yeah, now's the time to pray. Go pray for the dog. So out of my emotions, I get up to go pray for the dog. And as I get up to go pray for the dog, not in my head, but in my spirit, don't you say a word. Don't pray. That's not God. God would never say that. Don't pray. Go back downstairs. Don't, don't, don't you say a word. Again, if I called 10 people and said, hey, I, I don't think I should pray right now. My dog's about to die. I shouldn't pray. 10 people would have said, no, 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 you got to just pray. But I had to make a decision. Am I going to be led by my head or am I going to be led by my spirit? So I went back downstairs. And when I was downstairs, I realized that I wasn't in a place of faith. That my prayers were not going to mean anything. And the Holy Spirit knew that. That's why he didn't want me to say anything. 
He didn't want me to say it because he knew what I did not know, that your prayers are going to come out of emotion. They're not going to come out of a place of faith. So go downstairs. He leads you into all truth. You got to take the step to find out if it was true. I go downstairs. I realize it was true. Holy Spirit leads me to go back up there and to do one specific thing. I go do that one specific thing. About four hours later, that dog comes back, jumps up, was the healthiest dog, crazy. He's alive. He's just fine. Instantly. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, he will always make a way. Maybe you feel stuck today. You don't know what move to make. You feel like you're in a mess. I want you to know something today. Holy Spirit already knows how to get you out of that mess. And if you can silence the emotion, if you can silence the fear, if you can silence your desires, it creates a space for him to come and help. And as you're beginning to learn what he's going to sound like, just make sure it sounds in order. And when he begins to speak to your spirit, man, pay attention to it. I believe it will change your life forever. You walk into a church like this. This church didn't just show up because Pastor Randy had a good idea. The Holy Spirit spoke to his spirit and said, go to the northwest side of Fresno and start a church. That didn't make sense right here. But it made sense right here. Everyone said you're crazy, but it made sense right here. And we have a packed house of people in this room today. I want to invite you to stand to your feet today, right where you're at. You know, I know for many of us, this might be like a foreign concept. But for most of us, I think we understand this. And I think we can all pinpoint a moment in our life where we can say, Holy Spirit talked to me. Holy Spirit told me not to get into that car and it was a good idea that I did it. Holy Spirit led me to make that purchase when everybody else thought I was crazy. Holy Spirit told me to buy that piece of property when everyone said don't do it. Holy Spirit led me to this relationship when everyone thought it would never work. For many of us, we can all remember a time the Holy Spirit led us. And when he leads you into all truth, what happens is you begin to accumulate success. And when you start becoming more successful, it makes it a little bit more difficult to pay attention to this guy. Because we start working with this guy. What does this guy say? What does this guy say? But you will never go to another level until you learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit knows about the people that your company is supposed to partner with. Your Holy Spirit knows about the employee that is going to burn you in about a month and a half, and he wants to show you. The Holy Spirit is going to let you know about what school your kids need to go to. The Holy Spirit is going to do that. And I asked Tavo just to sing something. Not even for the sake of us singing in this moment. But for us simply to go back to that place where we heard his voice, for us to go back to that place where our posture was neutral. Our postures aren't neutral. We're really smart now. But for a moment, can we just go back to that place when it was neutral? Can we just close our eyes and go back to that place when he did speak to you? And can you re-invite him back into your world? Can we just make a fresh commitment to say, Holy Spirit, you started this supernaturally and you're going to complete this supernaturally? Let's sing that, Tav. Thanks for listening. 
If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 